Hey, podcast family. Welcome to a very quick, very targeted episode that I like to call The Blurb. Because this is just a little quick shout out, just a little quick blurb about something that's out in print right hot off the press. We're talking about about two weeks uh, that's been out in circulation and that was brought to my attention from one of our podcast family members. So this episode really highlights two important things, everyone. Listen to this. One, the power of good support and, and an encouraging community like we've established here on Clinical Pearls. I'm explaining what that means in just a minute. And second, the value and the power of staying evidence-based and always being up in the literature. Because this article that we're going to highlight in this very quick episode uh, is actually something that we talked about in our previous episode that we just released on vaginal prep at C-section. And no, 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 this article has nothing to do with vaginal antisepsis before cesarean. But it does have everything to do with something that we mentioned in that episode. So this was not what we we're gonna, what we were supposed to record today. Uh, I was supposed to talk about uh, Suzruvi, which is the first FDA-approved oral medication for postpartum depression. And I'm still going to do that. We'll probably do that in one or two days. But I wanted to get this episode up and out because one of the authors of this new publication. Uh, is a member of our podcast community. And I read this article after she sent it to me. And I'm like, this is fantastic. I love it. I've got to get this up and out. I'm super proud of these authors. It's a great uh, academic institution where this comes from. So I'm going to give props to them. And I'm going to explain all of this when we come back from this quick break. Medicine moves real fast. We're here to help us all keep up the pace. This is Clinical Pearls. I know I've said this many, many times before, but look how special. I want you to see really how special what we have built here, uh, this podcast family through Clinical Pearls. Look how special this really is. I mean, it has taken, I mean, honestly, we've been doing podcasting for about 10 years, uh, but really for the last seven to eight years, I'm very thankful that that our podcast community here at Clinical Pearls has really grown uh, across uh, the western and eastern boundaries and north and south limits of the U.S. I mean, we really are international. I'm super thankful for that. We've got listeners in Canada, Central South America, uh, Israel, all over the Middle East, all over the UK, of course, Canada, Australia. We've got members in New Zealand. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and this is how medicine should be, right? I mean, we should learn from each other. I have people who send me uh, green top recommendations from um, the Royal College and, or, or and members from SOGC, which is the Society of Obstetrics and Gynecology from Canada. Uh, this is how medicine should be because this is how we build each other up. This is how we learn from each other. All to say, this is exactly what happened uh, to me just a couple hours ago. Uh, I'm taping this on Monday evening, and one of our podcast family members uh, sent me this Facebook message and said, hey, Dr. Chop, I just listened to your episode on vaginal prep and C-section, and I want you to know that something that you referenced, we actually contributed to the, to the literature as well, and she sent me the link. Now, I'm going to explain what this is, okay? That's, once again, has nothing to do with vaginal prep at C-section. But but I love how our community can reach out and go, hey, look at this. Look at this article. And not only look at this article, but look at this article that we actually wrote. <laughs> so it's fantastic. So as soon as I got that, I opened it up. Uh, and I, I, I dissected it. I'm like, this is fantastic um, because it, it, it covers something that I find super, super uh, impactful, super uh, necessary and super valuable, which is prophylactic TXA at C-section. 
So let me stop there for a minute. If you remember in the immediate past episode, we covered vaginal prep at C-section, right? And I said, you know, the articles kind of go back and forth. There's individual articles that say, no, it doesn't help. Others that say it's absolutely wonderful. That's why you have to look at a systematic review, at a meta-analysis to really kind of put everything together. And that systematic review uh, serves as the referee holding the whistle to go, uh, all right, children, uh, nobody can get along. Let's kind of start over. Uh, and then we're going to take another look uh, at this data. And this is what exactly what these authors did regarding prophylactic TXA at C-section. Now, let me give you back some back history here. If you didn't listen to the immediate past episode on vaginal prep at C-section where we kind of discussed this issue, then shame on you. Go back and listen to that because that's a good episode. Uh, but in that, uh, we referenced that just like there's individual data pieces that are con- contradictory on vaginal prep at C-section, meta-analyses have, have, have shown benefit uh, for povidone iodone vaginal prep at C-section. And then we made the analogy that the same story can be said for prophylactic TXA. Nobody questions using TXA at established postpartum hemorrhage, right? At 1,000 mLs blood loss. But the question has always been, why do we have to punish women to get to 1,000 before we give them great medicine that we know is low risk and has uh, the potential to help? Uh, so there's been these data, the, these studies that have looked at, you know, giving TXA prophylactically, either those at low risk or high risk with risk factors for bleeding. And the evidence really is there that prophylactic TXA can help. Now, individual studies, again, you know, there's some players on the field that are, yes, this is great. And other individual players on the field, other articles that are like, man, not, not much uh, of a benefit. And that's why systematic reviews and meta-analyses are super valuable, just as they were for the vaginal prep at C-section. So all to say that one of our podcast family listeners um, uh, sent me that this article that they just released. Listen to this, y'all. July the 21st. Right. Remember, that point of reference, we're doing this at the end of the first week in August. So I'm super thankful that Kate sent me this publication because it's a really, really nice review. I'm going to give you the reference here in a minute. I'm going to tell you what they found. Um, but this is why you always got to keep on top of the data because this just exactly reinforces what we covered on the vaginal prep at C-section as it applies to TXA. Y'all remember our basic adage, our basic axiom for any kind of intervention, right? Whether it's gynecological, obstetrical, or infertility-based, it's, it's if the risk of some kind of intervention or therapy is very low and the potential for benefit is there, then, then that's a win, and that, that should be used to try to help the patient. It's a bonus when that also is evidence-based, right? So if it's low risk uh, and the potential for benefit is there and the data supports that, then it's a win-win-win. Well, that's exactly what this publication from the American Journal of Perinatology just found out on July the 21st, because that's just when it got published out in print, um, by this group of authors. So let me give you the reference. Let me tell you who these authors were. It's out of Arizona, and they are absolutely fantastic, okay? So I, I really like this publication. Let me highlight this because it, it makes the point that we touched on again in the previous episode that there is a place for prophylactic TXA at C-section. Well, how about that for our podcast tagline, Medicine Moves Fast? I mean, do y'all get that? Do you see why we chose that years ago? Because it's absolutely true. This new publication that just came out officially in print on July the 21st is in the American Journal of Perinatology. 
The title is Prophylactic TXA Prevents Postpartum Hemorrhage and Transfusions in Cesarean Deliveries, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. Now, I've said this in previous podcasts before, man, when, when, when a title just spoils it right there, I'm like, man, just... You got to make them read the publication, but it's right there in the title. Prophylactic TXA prevents postpartum hemorrhage and transfusions in cesarean deliveries. So, well, so if you can't guess what this is about, it's exactly about that. All right. And remember in that past episode about vaginal prep, we mentioned this that a previous meta-analysis uh, showed again that the net value, even though individual studies uh, can argue that you know whether the benefit is there or not, when you group them all together and analyze them in a systematic way with a meta-analysis, it, it seems that prophylactic TXA definitely does have some value. The authors for this publication come from two main organizations, okay? The first is A.T. Still University from their School of Osteopathic Medicine. That's in Meza, Arizona. And then the other is out of a fantastic place, uh, which is Banner University. Great physicians out of that uh, incredible academic institution uh, out of Phoenix, all right? So everyone is out of Arizona. And again, this just came out in the American Journal of Perinatology. Arizona. My goodness. Kate, to you and your coworkers, God bless you. You're probably one of the few other states in this great union that is as hot as Texas in the summer. My goodness. I feel your pain. I feel it. Every time I go outside, my eyeballs want to melt. So thank you for what you do in another state that is as hot as fire. These authors contributed to the data by doing the most up-to-date systematic review and meta-analysis of all RCTs to see if the administration of prophylactic IVTXA really does prevent PPH or transfusions during low-risk cesarean delivery. Now, let's stop there for a minute. High-risk C-section, that's kind of a no-brainer, right? Because you want to throw as many things to the wall to see what sticks because they're already at high risk. I mean, that makes sense, right? I mean, think about this hypothetical situation. So a patient comes in for her fourth repeat C-section. Remember, so she's had three previous. This pregnancy now has triplets, let's say. And the last two deliveries uh, were complicated by severe postpartum hemorrhage, both requiring transfusion. No one's going to argue that, man, give that woman some TXA. I mean, do some. She's at extremely high risk. The question becomes, is there a value in otherwise low-risk pregnancies? For this study, the authors looked at five databases, including Cochrane, the EBSCO, Ovid, PubMed, and Clinical Key, RCTs that were published between January of 2000 and December of 2021 were included. So hold on, let's stop there. As I've said before, y'all get how much work this is? I mean, my goodness, we're talking about a 21 year span. That's that's a lot of info, okay? And this is why, why I like meta-analyses because you got to look through these years of data because sometimes the things that pop up in studies are either duplicates or they don't really match. So you can't really say, well, I'm going to do a systematic review covering for two years. Well, that's great. That's probably helpful. But when you cover something like 21 years, you're going to get uh, a lot more capture. Yes, some of those are going to be duplicates, but that's how you really know um, uh, that you, you, you increase your accuracy of what you find, right? So this was 21 years worth uh, of scanning. Well, let's just get to the finish line because as I mentioned at the intro, this is just an, an episode blurb. I just wanted to point you to what's out there in terms of new data. And because we just touched on this in the vaginal prep at C-section episode, uh, I, I've got to come full circle to this and let you know what is 
just out. And so, Kate, thank you for sending this because this is just, it builds on this data in an incredible way. And in case you can't tell, this made me super happy because I am a huge fan of prophylactic TXA. Uh, I hate waiting for women to have to get to a thousand to have to get get this, um, like the original woman trial uh, said, but we had to start somewhere. So while it was originally indicated for established postpartum hemorrhage, the body of evidence definitely is there uh, for prophylactic use. And in this case, according to this systematic review meta-analysis, even in, quote, low-risk C-sections, end quote. So as the authors state, quote, our results minimize heterogeneity while demonstrating that prophylactic TXA can lower PPH occurrence and reduce the need for blood transfusion. They go on to say, we suggest considering prophylactic IV TXA as the standard of care in low-risk cesarean deliveries, end quote. I love that. I'm 100% in agreement for that. Uh, that should be a bumper sticker because, again, it's very low-risk intervention with a, a, a potential high-yield benefit. All right, podcast family, that's going to do it for a quick episode blurb. I'm telling you, we're committed to get things up and out. So when Kate sent the the PubMed uh, link for this publication, you know, I went through it and, and I read everything. I highlighted stuff and then I called my team and I'm like, hey, guys, get ready. I'm going to tape something. Please put this out tonight and let me read you what, what they texted back. OK, here it is. Choppa. Oh, my God, you're killing me. It's late and I want to go to bed. But I'm going to do this for you just this one time. Now, you know they're not going to do this just this one time. Come on, you guys. Y'all know you're going to do this again because I'm going to ask it again. So once again, thank you guys. Y'all are great. And I'll get you coffee tomorrow. Kate, thank you so much for sending uh, your wonderful publication. Nice job. Keep up the great work over there in Arizona. Stay cool. And for the rest of our podcast community, we're thankful for you. And we're glad that you're part of our podcast family. And we'll see you on another episode of Clinical Pearls.